It's bad. Enemy. Brown. I'm golden like that Millennium Puzzle, baby. Ah! Hello, Yugi boy. <laughs> wow, we, we finally get to use that voice and have it make a monocle oh, of sense. Finally. Um, all right. Hey, everybody. I'm John. And I'm Rob. And this is Bad Anime, the show where we decide, is, is this, this anime, anime bad? bad? And today, we are doing something a little special. We're talking about Duelist Kingdom from Yu-Gi-Oh! The first season of Yu-Gi-Oh! Technically, season one. We're doing a very interesting when we're talking about a particular arc of a show. Yeah. And this, Bouncy, this, I, is, your, this is your idea. You shot me out of the blue, and I'm just like, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's go kind of in raw here because um, yeah. luckily Duelist Kingdom is something we both grew up with. Um, and it's funny. Our relationship with Yu-Gi-Oh! is very funny because mm-hmm. I remember in like early high school, I think it was early high school, when two or three of our friends suddenly found their decks and it consumed some of our friends' lives for a while. It really did. It still does to this day for one of them, I think. <laughs> like For like one or two of them, it's still pretty he- a heavy factor in their lives, which is amazing. But yeah, we just kind of fell in love back with the card game and started watching the show again. And yep. that's where I went on my own divergent path here because I did my thing where I researched. Because at the time, it's around the same time I fell in love with Super Sentai after mm-hmm. figuring out that Power Rangers is from a Japanese show. So mm-hmm. I tracked down the original. Um I got heavy, heavy, heavy into Yu-Gi-Oh! And, and we'll talk about this a lot as we go on. I am a Yu-Gi-Oh! manga guy. Because, my god, just seeing the transition from the Yu-Gi-Oh! manga mm-hmm. to the first anime they did by Toei, affectionately called Season Zero. Right. Then seeing the Japanese version of the show we're going to talk about today. And then seeing the actual show we're talking about today, because we're explicitly talking about the dub here. We're talking yes. about we're talking about the 2001 four kids dub of Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm-hmm. Duel Monsters, and mm-hmm. we're talking about the first arc, Duel's Kingdom. It's around 40 yes. episodes, right? And, and we're we're basically today. Also, sorry to stop you there, but today, um, I guess the main goal for us uh, in this conversation is uh, to figure out really. Uh, if Duelist Kingdom specifically holds up to this yep. day, and if we can maybe check our nostalgia at the door a little bit when assessing it. Um, yeah, and really, we, and ask I mean, spoilers, question. spoilers, I mean, we can't, but I mean, mm. I think we I just got a little bit. I can a little bit because I have something to compare it to. I have mm-hmm. several different iterations of the story to compare it to, so I am checking mm-hmm. my nostalgia a little bit. There are That's times good. where There are times where I can't. Whenever I hear Dan Green perform the voice of Yugi or Yami, as he's called in the English dub, I lose my shit because Dan Green's smooth, chocolatey voice is everything to me. It really is. Uh, I mean, there are a few times where I I feel like nostalgia gets the best of me when talking about Yu-Gi-Oh!, but I I felt like it would be great to just really zero in on Duelist Kingdom because Yu-Gi-Oh! as a show, kind of talking about does it hold up, is a little more difficult because it's got so many iterations. It just had a new one come out as well. Um... It just has, like, a lot of different layers, like Battle City is, like, a whole other yeah, show, and that's basically. The thing, that's the thing with um, Yu-Gi-Oh! and also several longer-running shonen shows. There's various ups and downs in quality that make it yes. hard to really judge objectively. Absolutely. So, so I think, honestly, for the shonen stuff on our end, going arc by arc is a much more concise way to do mm-hmm. things. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's also like a little easier because when you got a show like Yu-Gi-Oh or even God forbid, like if we ever talked about One Piece, like there's just no. way too much material to talk we're, about. We're, we're it, not talking about One Piece. I, that's I'm, fine. I'm pretty, I, I do not want to. I've, <laughs> I, I have no desire. Um, but like Yu-Gi-Oh as a show just has so much content, so many episodes, so many different like ways to play as well mm. that change over time that it would seem really reductive if we tried to sum up the whole like entire franchise so i think starting with duelist kingdom is a good place and i think we could even expand oh, really on this eventually if this this is a really fun time uh which i, I anticipate it being because when is it ain't um, exactly ah. then maybe we can like expand on it in the future and keep doing more arcs in Yu-Gi-Oh history and see if those hold up uh, or even or depending other, on the time period and any other any other shonen show we have in mind that's just too long we remember watching mm -hmm. it's like oh let's see let's look at this arc and see how it holds up yeah, but I, I specifically wanted to do this one because I feel like Duelist Kingdom in specifically has received a lot of, not necessarily backlash uh, from people nowadays, but it's received a lot of like, huh, that was weird, right? That's interesting. I can't believe they played the game like that. That's not how you play the game. I feel like there's been a lot of yeah, people going a back lot and of, criticizing it. Mm -hmm. A lot of criticism from this show comes from the card players, and it comes from mm -hmm. people talking about the game. Mm -hmm. And... See, that's something that's hard to relate to for me, um, mm -hmm. for a few reasons. A, the card game was very new at the time. It was. And let's, let's also not forget the big elephant in the room. Yu-Gi-Oh! was never supposed to be about a card game. Yes. Kazuki Takahashi, rest in peace, mm -hmm. what he did, he wrote a manga, basically as a love letter to all things gaming, because he was a guy obsessed with games in general. Tabletop RPGs were his favorite, but he loved card games. He loved, like, you know, he loved every consider like, he loved, like, <laughs> like, um, uh, top games. He loved, like, so many, mm -hmm. he loved marbles, you know? He loved right. jacks. He loved everything that could be considered a game. Yeah. So, with that, he took, he took the, his love of obsession with gaming and threw in a few weird influences. Um, particularly, I forget the name of the manga, but it was a manga about this um i just watched a video on this too basically there was um like a very tiny kid who kept a bandage over his uh, forehead mm. and it was real he had a third eye and apparently he was ah. actually some criminal from ancient egypt and oh sick so and remember what happened with yugi when he was transported to yami the big millennium eye would appear on his yep. those forehead that yeah and, and he took a lot of influence from devil man here yeah, and also that's some like that third eye. That's a lot of that's some Yu Yu Hakusho shit right there. That's some Hiei stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and but the thing is now coming into because now I'm coming full circle on this because in a lot of ways I can check my nostalgia at the door, but I also have to check some of my biases too. Because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you look at the relationship between Yami and Yugi, it it is a um, similar to some depiction of Devilman between the relationship between Devilman, uh, uh, you know, Amon and Akira. And accurate, right? So, like, because in in the Toei version and other versions, like the dynamic between the two people was different. Well, well, the Toei the Toei version is like the funniest one of all. Because um, spoilers, <laughs> who haven't seen the Toei version of Devil Man, what happens? Bounce, you'll laugh at this because you've seen Devil Man now. You know. Imagine in the first episode of Devil Man, Amon kills Akira straight up, possesses oh. his body, then falls in love with Miki, and then and then protects her for forty two episodes, bro. <laughs> That's wild. I feel like that would be 
like what would happen if, if Yami just decided in the first episode that that sounds, sounds like it sounds like some season zero Yu-Gi-Oh where yeah. like Yami would like kill Yugi overtake his body and just start trying to bang Tara yep for the entire show so but anyway why digress it tracks anyway. it really tracks that's a good that's a good uh, analogy right there yeah but the, but, the, but the relationship between Yami and Yugi is like you know between the darker half of the heart and something it's very devil man-esque in that regard but mm-hmm. also the biggest thing is Rio Bakora. Rio Asuka. There's a lot of similar characteristics between those two. Ah, ha, ha. Very similar. So, wow, Bakora. My yeah. God. I almost so, forgot about Bakora. <laughs> you can't because he's a he's basically the primary antagonist of the entire series. He really series. is. Mm-hmm. He is, you know, he really, for many reasons he is. In Duelist Kingdom, we don't see a lot of it. Yeah. Duelist Kingdom, we get a very interesting... Okay, where do I even start with Bakura? But I'll backtrack. So basically, yeah, Takahashi, right. to my main point, mm-hmm. he took Devilman, took from some of the other manga that I'm forgetting the name of. It starts with an M. Someone in the mm-hmm. comments, correct me or call me, a, call me a noob and a pansy for not doing my research for the Yu-Gi-Oh! episode. So he took all of those things and he made this manga, which was kind of a light horror manga in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Because what happened was Yugi finished the Millennium Puzzle and he was a meek kid. Always getting bullied, always getting beat up or whatever. But he was just trying to make friends. Eventually, he became friends with who will go by the dub name or Joey and Tristan. Right. He became friends with them. And then he unlocked, he finished the puzzle. And out came this dark spirit that would possess him and save him from people bullying him. And in the manga, he would just kill people. <laughs> or drive them insane. Yeah. Or like a lot of a lot of uh, lighting them on fire in the manga. Yes. So, so we get that kind of protectorial relationship here. Um, and um, in the original ver- Japanese version of this anime we're talking about today, um, there was a lot more dialogue between Yami and Yugi as things went on, between the dark half mm-hmm. and his lighter half. Mm-hmm. This, in the dub, they do something really interesting here. Because you know when um, when Yami Yugi takes over Yugi mm-hmm. and you hear mm-hmm. the internal monologue? It's still yep. in Yugi's voice, the kid. It is. It in is. the Japanese, it's Yami. Interesting. So there's more hmm. interplay between the two halves of the personality. They're more working hmm. together. In the dub, it's kind of interesting because it feels like Yami is just this thing he can't control. Yeah, which is very interesting that whenever he gets, whenever he's about to duel, number one, yeah. because I don't believe he duels that many times as regular Yugi in this show. Period. I, he doesn't do it. He doesn't do it in Duel's Kingdom at all. Like, really? Like I, because because then no no no, like, he did. He did actually in the finale. He did. Oh, in the finale, yes, against Pegasus. That's right. But throughout, throughout, like, Yami's, like, taking over his body and, like, dueling for him. But the crazy thing, you know what, I I think when I was a a kid, when I was watching uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! for the first time, and especially Duelist Kingdom era, um, I was like, I mean, I know it's some kind of dark spirit, right, in the Millennium Puzzle who's, like, taking over and, like, dueling, right? Mm. But I always thought, like, the the person that he transforms into was himself, but just with a, a bit of a darker edge, right? Like his, you right. know, his, his brows are a little more like pronounced. He's got just more confidence about him. So I thought right. it was just like an internal spirit that just activated something in him that he was like, "Oh fuck, now I'm yeah, gonna yeah, yeah. That's a great point. I now I'm gonna bang. But then I realized over time that I'm like, Yami just looks the fucking same as Yugi. Yeah. Which makes no goddamn sense to me, honestly. I I I didn't even think about this until like 
maybe a few years after I watched it the first time, but I was like, yeah, that never really made sense to me about how the, he just looks the same, but taller and just like a little more confident. It's they, the they same character it. design. But like, they explain it as it's going on. Do they? Yeah, no, oh, they, did it, they? Yeah, they make it clear that, yep. That. They make it clear that Yami's either, an, depending on the dub or the sub, they make, they make it clear he's either an ancestor or a reincarnation. Ah, uh, okay. That makes a little more sense. But either way. Yeah. In Duelist Kingdom, right, you get a lot of transformations. And I, I think mm -hmm. the, to kick off Duelist Kingdom, the thing that really kicks off the first season, right? I mean, Yugi beats Kaiba in the duel, obviously, with Exodia. That's the big thing. Um, yeah, which is um, which is a haste. They Basically, that's like one of the big... Um, that happens in like the middle of the first run of the manga. So it's not even mm -hmm. a huge thing in the manga. Mm -hmm. But that's what sparked the whole craze because yeah, people read those couple of chapters and said, we want more of the trading card game. And right. we want it now. Right. So so that happened. And next thing you know, mm -hmm. we have this whole franchise because of those two chapters. Yep. So the people who were doing Duel Monsters like, all right, we're making an anime explicitly about the card game because the manga is now doing mostly the card game. Let's run with this. This is a great starting point, which it was. And also the cards for merchandising sell great, obviously. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. Kazuki Takahashi wanted to make a horror manga, like a light teen horror manga about gaming. And then he wound up with a multi-billion dollar trading card game franchise out of it. It's insane how that happened, honestly. It um, really is. Good for the guy. He was a great guy. Um, yeah. But the the show, yeah. I mean, when the show came out, I remember actually receiving a VHS uh, mm. sent to my house of the first episode of Yu-Gi-Oh. Nice. Maybe it was in 2002 or 2003. I didn't order it. Uh, it just got delivered to me. I think like maybe, I don't know, maybe my mom filled out something because she was like, oh, this looks fun or whatever. But... I got a VHS and it was just the first episode and I popped it in the, the VHS player and I watched it and I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I yeah. need to buy more. And yeah. so then obviously that started the whole craze. And I started watching Yu-Gi-Oh! every week. And mm -hmm. from that first duel with Seto Kaiba and like Ex Exodia, like I was hooked 100% right. from there. Um, looking back on that duel, I think that duel was like, I, I rewatch it sometimes and I think it was really fun. It was a great introduction to the card game, a great introduction to the anime. And then yeah. of course we get set up at Duelist Kingdom, which is, you know, Yugi's grandfather's soul gets sucked through a television. Makes yep. sense. Um, yep. and <laughs> Pegasus millennia's millennium eyes winking at him and just sucking his grandpa. Um, you know, off. and what, uh, off what, what was that? Cool. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so Yugi's got to go to do this Duelist Kingdom tournament to get his grandpa's soul back. And, and of right. course, his friends go with him. Joey goes because he wants to get money. And I had to look this up beforehand um, of what exactly he needed to get money for. Oh, it's uh, for his sister. For his sister, right. But it's for his sister's eye operation, yeah. which for some reason I thought she had cancer. And I don't know why I thought it was that dark. I, I have no idea why it was that dark. Well, to be fair, I think in the original manga, it was something like eye cancer. Not, not eye cancer. It was it was something like cancer in the original manga. Like, it was okay. darker. Okay. Season zero made it a lot. I think, yeah. Cause I, I probably should, because I know we watched season zero, a lot of it together mm -hmm. at some point. Because, you know, mm -hmm. basically people would come over to my house after high school. And once once I, once we ran out of things to talk about or people wouldn't shut up, I'm like, all right, season zero. Here we go. Yeah, here we go, baby. <laughs> But yeah, no, but yeah, I um, I thought it was yeah, I thought it was something more devastating. But like I read that recently because I wanted a refresher about like what was he fighting for exactly for his sister. And when I heard it was for her eye operation, I was like, did he just pay for LASIK for her? <laughs> was this was this whole thing just so she didn't have to wear glasses? No, but of course there are a lot of scenes of her in the hospital and shit. And it's pretty bad. Uh, yeah. 
So yeah, he's going for that. And so they set out together, all together, to go to this island. Um, and when you think about Duel's Kingdom as a concept, it is it, it is very interesting when you break it down that Pegasus, yeah. um, Maximilian Pegasus, a, a billionaire, invites a bunch of young teenage boys to his island um, and makes and them all Valentine. fight each other. And my Valentine. Um, it's kind of the most Jeffrey Epstein thing that I've ever heard. Um, but <laughs> when okay, so I maybe think the show about doesn't it, age well. Maybe not. But oh it's a God. cool concept, though. I mean, other than that, it's a pretty cool concept. And the whole idea of Duelist Kingdom is that in order to you know get to the end and get into the finals, you have to gain 10 star chips. And everybody gets a right. glove and they get those star chips. star chips on the wrist. Yeah, yeah. But the wild, wild west part of this whole thing is that you don't have to get them via duels. Like they, you could yeah. just steal them from people. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. If you realistically wanted to, you could just kill them and take your star chips. Yeah, you could, you could. So it sparks this kind of like Lord of the Flies, a kind of idea. And speaking of that, enter Weevil. Um, yeah, because one of the most famous scenes in early of duels, you know exactly Weevil, what you did there. Yes, I do. Lord of the Flies, uh, Evil Underwood. <laughs> He <laughs> Weevil Underwood uh, Weevil. throws uh, Yu-Gi-Oh's exo- Yugi's Exodia off the boat yeah. into water uh, on the right. way. So Yugi's trump card is completely X'd out of the show at that point, which is probably a good right. thing because it was broken. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so then uh, he has to go through Duelist Kingdom and fight all these different characters and personalities. And maybe like we can talk about these duels a little bit because they're a little wacky. Well, that's the thing. This is where I'm a little more forgiving than most people at Duelist Kingdom because you have to remember the context here. Um, because du- Duel Monsters had no choice but to follow the manga. Um, right. Takahashi was making up Duel Monsters as he went along. He had, mm-hmm. you know, he basically accidentally created a card game and he was trying to flesh out the mechanics a little bit. But but here's the thing, I never minded minded like the wackiness because you know the big criticism is they don't follow the rules. A, they didn't exist yet, and B, the rules are not what mattered here. What mattered is the strategies and how people tried to tackle their opponents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was Go about on. you know how about how you organize a deck. I mean, there was it was a great mm-hmm. duel with um between uh, Joey and uh, Rex Raptor, a very early episode. Yes, where the duel they had was <laughs> all about you know because jo- whole Joey's whole progression was great because it was tied to his deck was tied to his character, right. So basically, Joey had a deck full of monster cards, which is essentially useless, because in Duel Monsters, you have to combine it with magic, spells, trap cards, and and effect monsters as well. Mm -hmm. And basically, it's an allegory for Joey being a brute who charges into everything without thinking. Exactly. So so, yeah, so it was completely tied to his personality. I didn't make that realization until I started talking. That was, Um, it it was a very, it was a very eloquent realization, actually. (laughs) But anyway, so, and Yugi is there to be the rational, you know, to be Joey's voice of reason. So he's the mm-hmm. one who says, hey, here's some magic cards, here's some trap cards, and effect cards. And, you know, so now we get we get to see Joey in real time develop strategy. And, yes, that's not how Time Wizard works. The, t- the card Time Wizard <laughs> does, does, not, does not age monsters up or down. He, he doesn't do that. He doesn't turn Baby Dragon into a Thousand Eyes Dragon. That's not how the card Baby works. Baby Dragon! But here's the thing. The narrative there makes total sense. Yes. And basically, the game is an allegory in a lot of ways. And now you also you could also you could also put Time Wizard as an allegory for Joey maturing. 
because wow. he go he goes from this tough bully into someone who's trying to desperately try to take care of his sister. There's a lot of things you can paint here. There's a very clear picture. So all these wow. duels are tied to the character. I don't give a shit about how the rules work. This is basically it's basically an action anime, and the card game is a substitute for actual combat here, at least in this part of the show. As the show goes on. Especially in Battle City, we actually say, all right, let's get the rules in check here a little bit. Sure, but, right. But all these Duelist Kingdom episodes, they focus on strategy and being cunning. There was See, that's that's a good point. I, I, I think that is glazed over a lot in favor of, oh, you know, I, you have to do this to do that. Or you can't just say this. Or especially because of like the field mechanics of this uh, Duelist Kingdom one as well. Because right. every time they're on a different field mechanic, it changes the mechanics a little bit of the game. But not in a way that is completely spelled out to you. Exactly. And that's the thing. Um, they play that as a narrative a little bit when you go into a field and you don't really know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You don't know how the, the field is going to impact you negatively or positively. Right. Like when, so, it's, uh, like when Yugi's dueling Mako Tsunami... And yep. it's hot and it's high tide, and he's like, "Oh, what if I just fucking destroy the moon? Maybe, maybe that'll relieve the high tide." And the thing is, sure, like that's not exactly like part of the game. You can't like do that. But no. in this particular instance, it is a strategic way of thinking, and I kind of like actually keep it similar to like somewhat of like a like a mech anime, like an oh, Ava, totally. like an Ava when they're just like. Every like a different angel comes up and they're trying to figure out strategy of okay you know this one has a different ability how do we kind of work around that yeah, how and do we counteract it and this season does a good job of doing that but it doesn't do it exactly you know conventionally like within rules no. or anything you can't just like yeah. say shit like that in the game these days but no. in that particular wild west version of Yu-Gi-Oh it was totally fine for him to just destroy yes. a moon and yeah. for him to kind of take the game in his favor with that strategic move and that once again to your point kind of shows how Yugi thinks and that he thinks yeah. outside the box a little bit and does some things that, you know, are unconventional and you wouldn't he necessarily has to think be cunning. about. Mm -hmm. He has to be cunning. He has to be cunning. And also, think about it. He solved the Millennium Puzzle. Right. So he, they established immediately that that's, this kid is a genius at problem solving. Yes. Yes. He, his only struggle is confidence. And in the, in the dub, the version we're talking about more, they really play up the whole... A metaphor for him maturing. Mm -hmm. Maturity is yes. a big theme here, apparently. But yeah, because Yami Yugi, especially in Duelist Kingdom, because they probably didn't know where they, were, where they were going with the story yet, because this was getting dubbed probably around the time while Battle City just started. So they didn't, they didn't mm. know where they were going. So they just kind of assumed that Yami was just a metaphor for Yugi transforming and like gaining that confidence in himself. They yeah. didn't they, they didn't really think out the whole Egyptian, ancient Egyptian spirit angle yet. That wasn't there. Right. Right. And there was a so then that's the thing. So the only thing Yugi's lacking is confidence. And essentially the whole anime, especially the four kids version, it's whole it, the whole thing is Yugi finding his journey to confidence. And, and that's the thing a, about this specific uh season of yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh! that I think is a bit different than the others, because this season, although the game mechanics are kind of in question, I think everything else in terms of storytelling and character building is hmm the strongest that it is throughout the show i feel like because when you do the character building of yugi in this season or character building yeah. of joey in this season i feel like really there's 
for the rest of the show, at least in my perspective, th there's not much else that's really built up upon that. It's very much like a, it's like an 80% start. And then the rest of the show is like the last 20% of build and character. And obviously there's maturity there and whatnot, but this yeah, first yeah. season, I think does a really good job of at least setting you up very nicely for their character progressions that kind yeah. of take a backseat to the game mechanics after a oh, few they seasons. totally do there's only mm -hmm. there's only one arc or two after this that really go delve into characters this deep right and, and they actually dive they dive wildly into a tem spoilers the pharaoh spoilers yummy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um they they really dive into his character his character hard in the waking the dragon's filler arc oh yeah so, the waking the dragon i weirdly enjoyed that when i watched it as a child but i, I have yet to watch it since I actually didn't get that far as a kid. I probably stopped after Battle City as a kid. I was like, I think I'm I good. just liked it. I think I just liked it because everyone was on motorcycles. You of know, course. that's what probably inspired 5Ds. Honestly, oh, totally. <laughs> I totally did. I've been saying that for years, but no. Um, so, but to your point, this this season, this arc really focused on these characters more so than the card game. The card game was a means to convey who these characters were and tell their stories. So that's why, yeah, this season is probably the strongest and most character-driven instead of game mechanic-driven. Yes. Yeah. Which is a very refreshing very change of so. pace, especially compared to later seasons of Yu-Gi-Oh!, which is all about the game and has very little to do with these characters. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you have uh, when you go to Battle City and have an eight-fucking-episode duel with Merrick, um, yeah, oh, it's kind of— but, but this show it's gets kind of different. Yeah. yeah, it's— Oh, oh God. God. Yeah, but this, this one, I, I I tended to like the there there weren't a lot of like more than two episode duels in this entire, um, in this I one. I don't finale, think the, the finale got a little long. I think the finale was like four or five. Finale was long, and then uh, the finals were long. Like um, Joey versus Bandit Keith, which nice. is uh probably my favorite duel of the season, and Bandit Keith really? is probably my favorite character of the season because imagine just this island of just teenage boys and my Valentine and uh. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein, I mean Pegasus, um, and just like this one random grizzled adult <laughs> who yep. was banned, beating up kids and taking their starships, which is just so funny how it worked out like that. But um, like that, that duels a few episodes, and a, a few of the duels like range in an episode count. But a few of them, like for example, the one with like the twins in the maze or something like that, is like an episode. That or one was two. really good. That was one of my favorites as a kid. It was a fun one. It was a good time. Like, and I think a lot of these episodes when you. When you go back to them, the characters, they flesh out very well in terms of the main characters, but also the villain characters are really fun because they shift yeah. around a lot. That's the thing. And, and Pegasus is a very interesting villain because um, mm -hmm. how Duel Monsters for him started, he kind of just stumbled into this thing out of his control. He started painting these Egyptian. We learned he just started painting a bunch of like shit he found in Egypt and yeah. he made a card game out of it. And that affects him because he get, eventually he gets access to uh, Shadi who was, um, again, much bigger deal in the manga, but he appears in Duelist Kingdom. Mm. Doesn't really appear much after that, I think, actually. Now yeah, not really. It. I don't really know of him that much after that. Wow. Maybe it could be in the the, the last, last arc? Not really. Not really remember, even there? Not, not, not really damn. even there, no. He's, kind of, he's a background player, but he was a big deal in the manga. But anyway. Oh, damn. Shoddy, Shoddy, got a, Shoddy got a big booty. Yeah, but... Oh. <sighs> I'm not going to say pause the episode, but I want to. Anyway, so I forget exactly how it happened, but Shadi eventually jams the Millennium Eye into Pegasus. He jams the eye into him, and then that suddenly he's consumed by like this, you know, by this whole car, the whole car game. It completely took over his right. life. Mm -hmm. 
and now he's like taking souls and digging holes he's you know doing taking he's doing whatever souls <laughs> and he's consumed because you know, the millennium items you know a lot of the spirits that can you know what we learn is there's dark dark spirits holding like in, in trapped inside these things oh yeah like bakura's yeah, I mean, spirit yeah. and, and also the one pegasus is the evil tenant he's not an evil spirit but it's getting brought out of him mm-hmm he actually, uh, yeah, from what I remember, yeah, it wasn't really a spirit that brought up Pegasus. At least it wasn't revealed in Duel's Kingdom. It was just heavily implied the Millennium Eye made the Millennium Eye made him the asshole. Yes, right. And and we saw that concretely with Bakora and the Millennium Ring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and also I have to get to Bakora a little bit because again he's basically the main antagonist of the manga. Um, he's he's Rio, he is Rio Asuka to Akira, meaning mm-hmm. you know, and Rio is Rio to Yugi in this. Right. But there's one great, there's the great episode where they have the duel between Yami and Yami Bakura. And the characters take, like, the properties of the monsters. So you have Yugi in the Dark Magician outfit. You have Tristan. Ah, yes, I remember that. Yeah, Tristan has, like, the the whatever, like, cyborg, like, yes. gun thing, whatever it is. Joey's a flame swordsman, yeah. Yeah, and flame swordsman. That, that was a weirdly, they basically adapted the final battle of the first major arc of the manga, mm-hmm. which was Yami Yugi versus Yami Bakura in a tabletop RPG. Mm. And in that, you had the iconic scene where Yugi turns around, looks up at Yami and go, and goes, oh, so you're the reason I black out and kill people. That was in the manga. <laughs> and then, and then Yugi in the dub is like, oh, you're the thing. You're the other part. You're the other part of me. The, the part that takes over me when I duel. And, and Yami's like, yep. And I was like, hey, that's me, boy. In the manga, it's much more dramatic, where it's like, I think you're a good dude, but I'm not sure. He's like, but you kill people for me? But like, and but like that's kind of weird. But, but but to be fair, that one guy was trying to rape Taya, and you stopped that. So cool. So I guess you're nice. The manga gets dark, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, it sounds like it. Jeez. E- even in the original version of this show, in the Japanese version, um, there was one guy like in in the dub. They try to play it like the guy's trying to mug Tay or whatever. Mm-hmm. But in the original Japanese version, he has a video camera in his hand, and he does like this to gives Taya the up and down and gets her into a corner. Oh boy! So, so his intention is very clear in the Japanese version what he wants to do. Jeez. And this is this show, so Jesus Christ, they cut Ooh. that out, obviously. Yeah, right. Probably. Yeah, um, they. No, they did. Yeah, they cut out a lot of sex and violence and guns and shit in this show. I mean, eh, makes sense. But this show also, the, the reason why I really wanted to stress the dub of this because the original Japanese version of the show did this too, but to a tiny bit less of it a degree. Um, because the manga was clearly about all this ancient Egyptian shit, but later on, all the sci-fi bullshit got thrown in there with mm. like the dual discs, the Kaiba's, oh yeah, Kaiba's Kaiba fetish, Corp, all that yeah. kind of stuff. And then the Waking the Dragons arc, Legendary Heroes arc, all these arcs, you know, it basically made it an Egyptian sci-fi kind of thing. Yeah. Or like like an Egyptian weird game show with a bunch of sci-fi shit thrown in. Yeah, it was like Egyptian, like, but techie, like modern Egyptian tech kind but of stuff the like dub, that. the dub had it in reverse for a few reasons, especially because of the soundtrack. Because the entire soundtrack is completely composed for this dub. Mm-hmm. It has no similarities at all to the original Japanese score for the anime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spoilers, I like the dub a little more just because it's like those themes are memorable. Kaiba's also, theme. the holy shit, the main theme for Yu Gi Oh! The American Yu Gi Oh! version is such a banger. Oh my it's an, god. It's an epic, heroic. It's uh, so good. 
it has elements of techno in it as well. That's what I'm trying yep. to say because the dub especially feels more like a sci-fi show with a bunch mm-hmm. of random ancient Egyptian shit thrown in there. You know it what I does. Mean? It does. Because so, like it's weird because like you you kind of forget that it's Egyptian slight like influence there. Yeah. Until like the music at some point goes like ooh, and you're like oh wow I forgot that it was Egyptian but now exactly. I remember. Exactly, yeah, but that stuff was a little more present in the Japanese version. But yeah, you know, this is why this is why the show is so interesting to me because this is the first time on Bad Anime where we covered a show that is so where the dub, not since probably um, my first girlfriend is a gal, did he talk about a show where the dub versus sub matters this much? It does matter a lot. I mean, because it, it, as you said, it matters so much more because it's not even just a dub; it's like completely different sound for it's the an entire adaptation. show. It's an adaptation. the audio is different. The yeah. audio everywhere is different. And it's just the animation really, is the same. And they change a lot of plots here around um, mm-hmm. because the whole Shadow Realm thing. Right. That's, that's exclusive to the dub. Yep. Yep. Because Sending in the original version, the it's just realm. death. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You just die. Yeah. You just die. And, and, that's, and that's in the original version of this show. So, for example, the um, there's one duel because Pegasus sent guys to kill Kaiba. Because mm-hmm. Pegasus wanted to take over Kaiba Corp. Right. So in the dub, it's so funny because there's guys like holding up their hands like this, where there's clearly supposed to be a gun there because there was guns. <laughs> I remember that. Yep, I've seen the memes. <laughs> so they blur it out. Um, someone steals Kaiba's deck, and so now this whole one episode here, or one or two episodes, changes entirely because of that, because of the inclusion of the Shadow Realm bit. Mm-hmm. In the original version. It was just some master of disguise pretending to be Kaiba and trying to summon the blue eyes white dragon, but it melting because it, mm. they know it's like, you're not Kaiba. And Mocha was there the entire time screaming, you're not my brother. Who the fuck are you? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was weird. In the Japanese version, it's just some weird master of disguise. Interesting. In the dub, because in the first episode of Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi does a mind crush to Kaiba and like banishes the evil from yes. his heart, apparently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the dub... They explain that this guy is the dark half of Kaiba that Yugi sent to the Shadow Realm. Yes. Coming back for vengeance. Yes, so, I remember that. And that was a great angle to take, honestly. They could have done yeah. a lot of stuff with that. But that was a really... I was like, oh, man. He did really fuck him up in that first duel. And I remember when he mind-crushed him. <laughs> like, yeah. so, so this is the product of, of that. It makes sense. It's one of the things... So, yeah, the dub really takes a lot of liberties and takes things their own way. And it's not always censorship they just get very creative with the world they built here. Mm-hmm. And but as the show goes on, you know, there are some moments where it's like, okay, they just didn't want to show that or this. You know, they remove the idea of cleavage from existing. Sure. Yeah, right, right, right. There's a lot of panning up and down shots on Mai's body that they cut out because like we don't need to focus on the on yeah. the sexy blonde lady here. This yeah. is supposed to be for kids. It's supposed to be for kids to buy our cards exactly. And I think like they really leaned into that as we said as time went along because I, I mm-hmm. think. We did a watch of the first three episodes of the newest um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Go Rush. Yu-Gi-Oh! Go Rush, yeah, but then, yes. the, then the audio got corrupted. The audio, fu- so we never released it, but we, we have that context. But like when you think about Duelist Kingdom compared to that, it's like, man. Because the first maybe 10 minutes of that whole first episode in Go Rush are explaining the rules yeah. of the game. And this is could not be any more different where it's like yeah Yeah. we're gonna we're doing this this is our goal this is our duel this episode 
this person is trying to bring out a dark side of me and I have to combat him and fight yes. him and win and like destroy my inner demons. And also, yeah, let's play a card game. It's, it's yeah. like kind of like a little bit of everything. And like the monsters are still there. The magic is still there, but it's just a little less emphasis on, you know, the, the rules. mechanics, the mechanics yeah, of the game. Because Again, we said a hundred times, but I kept it didn't reiterating exist it. at the point. And, and well, not even that they chose to focus on the characters more. And you could trace that back to both the manga and just the show's runners going, you know what? We have some weird characters here. You have you have the thug trying to pay for Sister's Eye operation. You have Taya and Tristan who are there for the ride. They have no idea what's going on. Eventually, they throw Taya in a duel with my Valentine. Yeah, that was a that was an interesting one. Taya like never duels again after that. I think. I think she does in later arcs, but you know, it's only like you know here what arc there. I think she dueled in the one where I don't even know when this was, but you remember that one random arc where they just got sent into the internet. Yeah, that was Kaiba. It was um, what was it? Or was that the there was there's there's that happened twice. Um, yeah. Oh it oh yes it did happen twice. It, it was like when she was like dueling against a penguin guy. Yeah, no, that was in the virtual world arc. That virtual was um, world, yes, because that's that's when we met um, the other Kaiba sibling, like, um, uh, what's his name? There was Ka- another Kaiba. Uh, yeah, that's a whole thing. It was um, the green-haired Kaiba. It was because um, oh, know, Se- Se- yes, Se- that Seto and Mok- cause, yeah, because Seto and Mokuba were yes. adopted. Yes, that's and this right. Was, and this was Kaiba's actual son, like, well, yes. like biological son. Who like died, but like his soul got trapped in a virtual program or whatever. Yes, I forget. So, I forget the name of him, but yes, I completely understand what what you're saying. Yeah, now, you, know, I that. you know, you know what the stupidest part about that arc is? <laughs> it's so many things. But continue. The dumbest by far is it happened in the middle of the Battle City Finals. Oh, that's right. They that's were on. When they, they did it. They were on like a boat oh, or a plane God. or something to that effect, going to the Battle City Finals, and then all that shit happened for like. I don't know how many oh episodes. God. Oh, like all right. It was it was Noah Kaiba. Noah Kaiba. Yep. Noah Kaiba. Yes. Yeah. That was dumb placement. What? I mean, we'll talk about that more in the Battle City episode. But shall shall we finish? Shall we give our finishing thoughts on Duelist Kingdom though? I mean, sure. Um, you know, I had no idea what I was going to get in for when we started this episode because mm-hmm. you're asking me to talk off the cuff about Duelist Kingdom and the dub version, no less. So in my head, I'm running all the differences, all the censorship, all like the changes in the day-to-day plots of the episodes, all this kind of stuff. The fact they had to cover up so many harpy lady boobies, you know? Yeah. A, the harpy lady boobs. Justice for the harpy lady boobs. Justice for boobies. Justice for Justice boobies. Justice for boobies. But, you know, I gotta say, because when we did other Does It Hold Up, where we were talking about very highly critically acclaimed shows. Yes. I believe the ones we talked about so far were Ava and Gurren Lagan. Yeah. So two, two shows loved or reviled by everybody. Mm-hmm. What we're asking here, because we need, to, we need to ask ourselves a question, does it hold up? Yes. But also, we have to ask ourselves how Duelist Kingdom is perceived now. Mm-hmm. So my answer to the question is very simple. I think it holds up a lot better than people give it credit for. So mm-hmm. yes, I definitely think it holds up because... It is probably the most character-driven, and I'm only talking about the original Duel Monster series. I'm talking about from the first Duel with Kaiba until, spoiler, 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 spoilers, once the Pharaoh goes off to the, into the afterlife. Right. That whole first season of Yu-Gi-Oh! proper. Mm-hmm. This, that arc is one of the most emotionally charged. 
and character driven mm-hmm. than mechanic driven. Yes. You know, Waken the Dragon gets kind of w- wacky and magical where the card game is the factor, but there's also mm-hmm. like, it's not a tournament arc. It's very right. weird. It's a very strange way to take it for that one. Yeah. So, but this, I think Duel's Kingdom holds up phenomenally well. I do. Um, for And the dub, once you understand the fact that dub was meant for younger kids, you have to take all this into context. You know what I mean? For the audience they were trying to attract, it absolutely still holds up. And it's still wildly charming for an adult to watch, mm-hmm. especially one with, with you know, some nostalgia for the series. Um, is it probably my favorite iteration of the story? I don't know about that one because I just love the sick twistedness of the manga. Like the fact that when Bakora steals Pegasus' eye, he straight up kills him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Bakora licks the blood off the eyeball of the manga. So oh. it's kind of... Oh, God. That's the thing. The manga's fucked. And I God love the manga. Damn, that's pretty awesome, actually. That's the thing. That's why a lot of the and that's a lot of my biases coming here because I love the dark kind of sickness of the manga. You know what I mean? The play kind mm-hmm. of like it's because it never it's never overly gory except for that one scene, right. but mm-hmm. it's playfully dark and really fucked up. It sounds just a lot more adult than the uh, the anime, essentially, especially the well, dub anime. Exactly. Yeah, the, the, the manga was meant for like teenagers, and right. th- this show, this American version show, was meant for kids. So. I love it was done on four kids as well. So four kids entertainment. Exactly. Four kids. Uh huh. Exactly. So, but to answer the question, yeah, I think this guy holds up. I really do. It's a fun, you know, lighthearted, yes, in a way, children's cartoon, but there's some great messages here and you see characters working towards a journey and always attempting to do good things for people and the conflicts in there are dark and we barely touched on Kaiba who becomes a very cool anti-hero. We yes. know he we know he's a dick and but he's a great foil to Joey who has where like Seto has good goals to save Mokuba but he's a terrible person. You know what I mean? Right. Mhm. Exactly. Joey, he, Joey was a bad person. He was a bully and a thug, but he's reforming himself. Right. So they're great foils. There's a lot of subtle nuance here that he, but he, but a kid can still pick up on and learn from. So it's really children, cool. As children's entertainment, fuck, it definitely holds up. And I'm still, I still remember it, you know, came out in 2001, so what, uh, 21 years later, you know? Yeah. I still remember it. Pretty good. I still look back on it fondly, and it, and it led me to the manga, and, it, and like I said, those first seven volumes in particular, the original mm-hmm. arc, before, the, before the, the pre-Duel's Kingdom stuff, was fantastic, in my opinion. And, you know... It's a fun series, a lot of good characters, a lot of good motivations. You know, it's just a well-constructed, well-animated, and good-sounding show. Mm-hmm. And the dub, you know, you know, like I can clown on it for sometimes being a little too, uh, a little too overboard with the censorship, but they had to do what they had to do, you know? Right, it's right. A, it's a kid it's a show damn, at the end of the day. It's a damn good kid show. It really is. It is. I think I, I kind of echo the sentiment, especially around the audience, I think yeah. the the audience being children, right, for this specific mm. iteration of the show, for the dub and the American version of the show, um, it's it's trying to reach the children audience, and it does it right. very well. I think if yeah. I was a kid, or if I showed it to any kids any today, they would be like, "This show is awesome. I love this show yeah. so much. It's so perfect." Totally. As an adult, trying to rewatch it is a little difficult. I will yeah. say, rewatching okay. it, it, it's not 
easy. I think I tried to rewatch it recently and got maybe five episodes in, and I was like, I'm I'm done, man. Like, I it's just yeah. it, it gets a little bit of you know, but but it's it's not like bad. It's just like it's not for me anymore. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, I, you're not I, a kid anymore. I'm yeah. not a kid anymore, right? I Doesn't have other things that it sucks. I mean, like I I can. You know, I, there's a lot of other things that I think are more applicable to my life right now and better for me to enjoy as mediums. But when I when I look at this show, I, I just see like a perfectly constructed children's anime, which is, yeah. I think, what it is. And for that reason, I think it does very much hold up and it does what it what its aims were, which was all, from all that censorship, from all that kind of reformation of the franchise, yeah. it really achieves its goal very it well. It's what it's supposed to do. That's the thing. It just and, did what it was supposed to do. Yeah. And I thought it was like very good for me as a kid. But as a kid, I always preferred Battle City because Battle City yeah. was like it, everything up a notch. Everybody's costumes and outfits were way freaking cooler. The cards were cooler. The sacrifice thing was happening. You could attack and, life and, points and directly. And even more so because cause once, um, once you got Bakora's, um in that season, he looked even more like real Asuka. From yeah, Devilman, he did because he was wearing the he was wearing the striped shirt and the tan shirt. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, striped undershirt T-shirt with a tan like button down on top of it. He looked a lot like Rio there. So yeah, everybody just looked way cooler. Um, mm-hmm. The story I thought was m- maybe not as good, but it was compelling. It was like yeah. Merrick and that whole thing and. Kaiba's on the loose doing what Kaiba does. And I like what you mentioned yeah. about Kaiba having the whole anti-hero vibe because he really did throughout the yeah. show and to the point where, you know, his goals were genuine, but they yeah. but he went about them the wrong way. And he was just to, a dick of a person. Yeah. Yeah. And to have that realization and turn around the character in that way towards the end of the show was really great. But for Duelist Kingdom specifically, yeah, I, I think it, it does get a lot of hate uh, for how it kind of just completely did not regard for any rules uh, in the game itself. But we've said this way too many times, but the game wasn't finished and they chose to do something else, which was characters and story. And I think that really worked out for them. And it was a great jumping off point for the rest of the show and the rest of the seasons, if they really wanted to harp on the game, which of course they did because money. Um, But yeah, yeah, that's, I think that's everything on Duelist Kingdom, to be honest. And if if you're one of the adult Yu-Gi-Oh fans, like harping on Duelist Kingdom because of the mechanics in the show, lighten the fuck up, please. Yeah. Lighten up, lighten up. Cause when you compare it to go rush, like, Go, I'm sorry. Go Rush was not that great. Uh, it was no, it kind of like it was kind of funny, but at the same time, it didn't have heart. It didn't really have like a single character that I gave a fuck about. It really didn't. I, I was it just was like, all, oh, it was it was kind of cynical. Like it was like it was almost aware it was a cash grab. You know what I mean? It, yes, it, was like, no, it really was. It turned from like a like an actual show into more of a commercial and for for these cards and for the exactly. new play style. Exactly. It really carried it that way. And you know, people like that, sure. Like you you do you or something. And it's it's still for children to this day, the dub uh in, in right. the United States at least. Um yep. because it's just done so well in that market. But um, if you want to compare it to Duelist Kingdom, like there's no there's no contest. Duelist Kingdom all the way because they had Bay-bay. actual characters and yeah. plot. So yeah, there you go. There we go. That was highly more academic than I thought it was gonna be. Oh, <laughs> I, I knew I was coming in guns and blazing. This was gonna be. I knew from the, the jump this is gonna be one of my less emotional episodes, and I'm definitely I definitely put on the big boy academic hat. Oh this yeah, you did this. This wasn't like the Garzi's Wing one that we just recorded recently where I just screamed a bunch. We have that good dichotomy. We mentioned variety before. There's some variety here. We do a little bit of we everything. Got, we got variety here. We on got anyway. variety. 
And so, uh, yeah. yeah, you know what? Duelist Kingdom holds up, and um, if yep. you can try to rewatch it if you want, or just take your memories and have a great time with it as well. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's you. You live your life. And if you agree, if you disagree, hit us up, put a comment, put a review, whatever you think. And uh, we'll see you next time. It's bad. Wow. Oh, my God. What a rousing podcast of anime conversation. Am I right, my compares? Am I right, my weebdom? Anywho, uh, yeah, you can send us a message if you want. Did you like this podcast? Did you hate this podcast? Do you want to kill me? Do you want to drench me in Calaxisaur blood and watch me drink it? That's fine. Just send us an email at badanimepod at gmail.com or DM us on our Instagram at badanimepod, all one word. You can also find us on YouTube as badanime, and you could leave a comment on whatever video you want to leave a comment on we'll read them all anyways we don't care i love you kiss kiss simple equations podcast network